0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Three-step drop, close on the end oh, ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Here they go again, Timbo Bobo dropping the throw once without a gun, throws to the left. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother, you ain't listening you're missing out. Woo! And there look, the cannon's cannon!
1: them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. I'm your host, as always, right, Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy, and co-host from bucksnation.com Mr. Evan Wanish. And uh, we come to you today with some Tampa Bay Buccaneer news. You know, honestly, I, I thought I thought our post Super Bowl break would be a little more graceful than it was. Um, You know, just took a little bit of time off and then one week turned into two, turned into three. But regardless, we are back here today with some positive updates on the Red and Pewter Pirates that we all love. How we doing, guys? In the chat really quickly, Mikey says, is this live? Yes, sir. We are live. We are here in the flesh. Well, not really in the flesh, but coming to you live over the power of the internet. Buck Skull Gang in the house as well. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the pod. Evan, long time no talk, buddy. How you doing?
0: Doing quite well. Um, the Buccaneers are also doing better because now after a... A long process, which I think um, frustrated a lot of fans. Uh, after a long process, they they finally hired someone. So, so at, at least at, you know, at, at least they they finally hired someone. And uh, Skull Gang is asking our takes on the hire, and that's what this podcast is for. So we're gonna get into all of that uh, very shortly.
1: So let's go ahead and get into it. The age-old question for a lot of Bucks fans over the last month and a half is who is going to be? The-
0: I, I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we we haven't had him confirm it yet, but uh, maybe we can get some confirmation on that. But yeah, I do believe uh, Canalis. Canales, um, yeah, I believe it's yeah, D- Dave Canales. That's that's what I've been rolling with. That's what I've heard multiple people roll with. So um, I'm pretty sure that that's right.
1: So Dave Canales is a young guy. Obviously, that's going to be hot on this market, looking for new potential coordinators and head coaches in the NFL. Spent all of his time in the NFL coaching with Seattle and Pete Carroll. I believe he had a year at USC uh, with Pete Carroll on that staff before he took the Seattle job in 2010. While in Seattle, he did uh, did some receiver. He worked as a receivers coach. Spent some time as the quarterback's coach. I believe he switched over 2017 or 2018. Spent a little more time as the past game coordinator and then finally went back to being just a quarterback coach in 2022. And what did we see from him in 2022? But uh, help him turn around the NFL's comeback player of the year in Geno Smith, who threw 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns uh, to a fair amount of interceptions. Uh, but that type of production from a guy like Geno Smith made him a household name in 2022. And not a lot of coaches could say that they had done that in years prior. So I think this is an underrated hire. You know, Canalis wasn't really a guy that we were talking about beforehand. Um, all of the sexy names started to go one by one. You know, uh, we had tied Todd Monk into the Bucks. Bill O'Brien kind of got settled pretty quickly after that podcast. Once he ended up back in New England, a couple of uh, a couple of other names that we had mentioned, but. Canalis is the guy, and uh i I really really like the higher the more that you learn about this guy. what do you think evan yeah
0: you know it's it's interesting um obviously you know he didn't um he didn't single-handedly turn around Geno Smith. But, hey, I mean, you know, he definitely played a role. And Geno Smith was um, always very supportive of him, and I think that's important. So, And not to mention just Geno Smith, but, you know, this guy coached Russell Wilson for his entire career in Seattle when he was in Seattle and when he had, honestly, his best years. So um, he's seen good quarterback play. And I think the biggest thing, he's seen a lot of winning. Um, the, the Seahawks... Have not really lost much over the past, you know, 2010s, basically. Obviously, they won a Super Bowl, they went to another. Um, you know, they they have not lost a, a lot of games, they've never been a, a bottom five team, you know, ever since Pete Carroll really took over. So you know, he knows what winning sort of looks like, he knows what how winning offense is done, and um you know, and, and I think that that could rub off well on, on some of some of the Buccaneers. Not that, you know, this group doesn't know how to win. I mean, they're, you know, two, three years removed from a Super Bowl. So, obviously, like, they, they know how to win. It, I just think it helps having that fresh voice that also, you know, knows how to win. And um, is it a risk? Yeah, I mean, it is. He's never been a play caller. So, you don't know what you're going to get, but at the same time, everybody's got to start somewhere. Like you got to start somewhere. And, um, the best head coaches, like they didn't start off as these great play callers or whatever. So they, they, You know, a team took a chance on him and it worked out. So I I think, you know, you just need you need to be given that opportunity um, in order to be able to succeed. And I think now we're going to see if he can do it. Obviously, it's a critical year for I mean, not just him, but I would say even more so for Todd Bowles. I mean, this is uh, people wondered why. You know, they sort of waited so long to hire someone and interviewed, you know, 10 different candidates and this and that, and brought Dan Pitcher in for a second interview, Thomas Brown in for a second interview. I just think Todd Bowles and Jason Light, one, okay, it was probably a little bit difficult to find one because this isn't an ideal situation. There are many other better situations out there, um, but also I think they they knew they needed to get the hire right, and I don't think they wanted to, to rush it per se. So, um, you know, now hopefully they do get the hire right, and and hopefully you know Canales can, you know, just improve the offense enough, and because. I mean, the future of Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay and maybe even Jason Light might depend on, it. honestly. I mean, I know it's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's a first year play caller, but this offense needs to be better or else, you know, there could be a lot of changes coming. You know, I mean, we've talked about how the Bucs aren't going to be tanking in 2023, but I mean, could could they be bad? Sure. Things could turn sideways. And if they do, there's going to be a lot of changes. So there's a lot of pressure on, on Canales, on Todd Bowles to to get this right. And I think you know, this is just the first step and a pretty important offseason for them.
1: Yeah, obviously the pressure is on for this entire coaching staff. Todd Bowles, Canales coming into this new role as offensive coordinator. But I, I think something that, you know, some people may need to understand, and I don't know if we've quite had this conversation on the pod yet. Um, you know, people were asking questions about, just like you had brought up, why are the Bucks interviewing 10, 11 guys for their offensive coordinator position? And why does it seem like none of them can be the guy, especially when you heard reports of, you know, Dan Pitcher interviewed twice, decided to stay in Cincinnati. You heard Scott Reynolds of Pewter reports say Todd Munkin turned down the Bucs to, to go, you know, to go BOC for Baltimore. So I, I think a concept that not a lot of people are going to like, but listen, if you've been listening to this show long enough, uh, you know, we've always kept it straight with you guys. You know, are the bucks going to suck this year? No, but I think it's an interesting spot for this coaching staff to be in because they know they're probably not going to have, you know, projected to be competing for a super bowl like they have in previous seasons. Um, So the pressure is on, but it's like, the way that I would describe this season coming up is the Bucs are going to pay for it they're they're going to pay for everything that they have done for the last two three years that sounds so heinous that makes it sound terrible but uh you know the fact of the matter is for the Bucs to field the team the way that they have the last three seasons they went all in to get Tom Brady they went all in to bring Rob Gronkowski to Tampa they went all in to sign Antonio Brown mid-season they brought these guys in and they put together a damn good football team but we knew eventually you know they're going to be kicking the can down the road for two, three years, and then eventually they're going to have to pay for it. Well, with Tom Brady's decision to go ahead and file his uh, file his retirement papers with the NFL and NFLPA before June first, the Bucks are literally going to have to pay for it now. Thirty five million in dead cap. They're still going to have to do some gymnastics to get uh, to get back over the cap or under the cap, excuse me, but. I mean, it is what it is. We kind of knew this day was coming, right? And uh, at the end of the day, if you're Todd Bowles and you're all the other coaches on this roster, you're going to field the best team you can because if you're within the organization, if you're Jason Light, Todd Bowles, and all those other guys, you still feel like this roster can put together uh, a winning football season, right? Like, I think if the Bucks play their cards right, they could still win the NFC South. Uh, when it's all said and done, because I, I think that's going to come down to whoever just gets the best quarterback when it's uh, at the end of the day. But like, you know, there's a lot of things the Bucks can do right in 2023 to have success. And while there is a lot of pressure on the things that they can certainly do wrong, uh, I think how they engage free agency, how they engage getting back under the cap and, and ultimately how they engage their next potential franchise quarterback is going to tell us a lot. But I, I mean... What, what are your thoughts? You know, I try to tell people that this is going to be the year the Bucs are going to take it on the chin, and it's starting to seem more and more like that's the case, especially since they are going to be in a much better cap position in 2024. But there's going to be some tough cuts, and, uh, you know, it might be a lackluster free agency this year compared to what we have seen. But the Bucks are still going to try and do their best to win because these guys are coaching for their jobs.
0: Yeah, yeah, you, that last line right there was was it. Yeah. Um, Because if they don't win, you know, Todd Bowles ain't going to be here much longer. So um, I would say they probably need to win at least seven games. You know, I I would think for for the Glazers to feel comfortable um, with with keeping Todd Bowles. And that's, you know, and I don't think Jason Light is completely safe either. Uh, I think he's more safe than Todd Bowles, but I don't think he's uh, completely safe. So, uh, yeah, you know, take it on the chin this year. it's, It's a tough balance because it's going to be more difficult to field a playoff team, but at the same time, you're going to try your best to do that. Um, and it's not impossible. It's just more difficult. And I, I do think that one of the things internally that you could have, you know, automatically improved without having any you know, outside thing is offensive coordinator and hopefully they've figured that out. I think that's a huge, huge key um, because if they, if they figure that out and if Canales hits, um, you know, then I, then I think, yeah, you could be seeing because Here's the thing. I I've seen a lot of people say, Oh, well, you know, Dave Canales can be the head coach after Bowles gets fired. And I go, look, if Bowles gets fired, that likely means that Canals' offense didn't work because I trust Todd Bowles as a defensive mind enough to, while I think they're going to lose some pieces on defense and it's going to be a little bit tough to replace it, you're probably going to have to replace it with younger guys who may be trying to learn, you know, learn the game. Um, I still trust him enough to field a somewhat decent defense. And the offense was so bad last year, and the defense really kept them in a lot of games. Um, that I, I think, if if the offense is good enough to get Canales' head coaching buzz, that means that the Bucks won a lot more games than people thought, and Bulls ain't going anywhere. But if if Bulls if the Bucks only win four games. That's likely a sign that okay, canal's offense was pretty much no different. They have a worse quarterback under center than Tom Brady, and that's the result. Um, so I'm not sure why people are like, "Oh, he's going to be the head coach." No, like that's that's not likely the case if if he struggles. I, this, and and somebody brought up to me uh, the Lovey Smith third cutter thing. Um, that was different. Lovey Smith's defense was pretty bad. And I just, I trust Todd Bowles as a defensive mind more than I trust Lovey Smith's defense.
1: Yeah. And, and I think at this point you have to trust Todd Bowles experience as a head coach. Um, more than you trust a guy like Canales. I think it's incredibly short-sighted for anyone to already be talking about, you know, oh, the future of Canales in Tampa with Todd Bowles not in the picture. That's just, come on now. Like, you're wasting your time. It's a hypothetical discussion at this rate. You know, they're going to focus on one season, one game at a time, and as of 2023, which we're still six months away from. I mean, yeah, we're two months into 2023, the calendar year, but the NFL season does not start until September. So we're going to have plenty to talk about between now and then. But, um, you know, with Canales and and the offensive coordinator, with that question being answered, the next million-dollar question I wanted to cover here today uh, was obviously going to be the quarterback situation because we really haven't gotten any inkling aside from a couple reports that say, oh, the Bucks may have some interest in this guy. They could be expected to have interest in this guy. Maybe they want to pursue on this guy. But I, I want to talk today with you. I kind of want to run down the list. Um, you know, the Bucks have three options at, at, at what they want to do with quarterback for the 23 season. They can either look at in-house options, like Kyle Trask, Florida Gator legend, make him QB1, maybe bring in a cheap veteran to be some competition, come training camp, and we'll see what happens week one. They could potentially draft somebody. That doesn't seem very likely. Um, and I guess I kind of combined, you know, one and two of their options as far as Kyle Trask and signing a veteran. I think Kyle Trask is going to be on the roster regardless in 2023, but depending on the veteran they sign, is he going to be on the roster as QB1, QB2, or even QB3 if a guy like Blaine Gabbert decides to come back and the Bucks 1 him back. Um, let's talk about some names, all right, and I just want to get your thoughts We'll talk about the scenario of how the Bucs can obviously end up with these particular names. But first and foremost, here's a name not a lot of people are talking about. And it is the, uh, you know, the veteran cheap free agent route. That is former Carolina Panther, Cleveland Brown, number one overall pick Baker Mayfield in the Red and Pewter. How do you think that would go over? Probably not well, right?
0: Um. So here's my thing. And, and real quick, uh, Cody, in the chat, uh, I'm not frozen. I just can't contain my excitement for Dave Canales. So uh, that is that is me. Just that big I just, cheese
1: and face we all yes, know and love.
0: Yes, yes. I was so excited when Byron Leftwich got fired. And now I'm equally excited for, for this hiring. So um, yeah. here's the thing. And why I'm actually I'm more in on Baker now than I was beforehand because we just saw the influence that Canales might've had with Gino Smith. It's a very similar situation. Um, I don't think Baker's going to cost a ton. It, look, he's going to be on his, this is going to be his fourth team in a year. Like he was this year at this point, last year, he was still on the Browns. <laughs> he was still on the Cleveland Browns, believe it or not. And, um, I I'm more intrigued by Baker now because if Canales can turn around another pretty high draft pick, I mean, this was a former number one overall draft pick, you know, there's talent there and he's won in the NFL, not a ton, but he has won. It's not like he's, you know, the Browns were terrible every year with him, Um I just think there could be a little bit more there. And is there more of a risk? I do, because I think his, his lows are pretty low. But I also think if you unlock some potential, you have the potential to find your quarterback for the next three, four years, and then you don't have to invest draft capital in it right now. You can focus on improving the rest of the team. So I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I, I think it might be worth the chance.
1: Sticking with the free agent conversation, a guy that has been tied to Tampa Bay before, especially during the Brady years for some reason. But I would say even before that, I know the Bucks were <laughs> pretty deeply involved with Jameis Winston, but there would always be some quarterback talk, some murmurs around the end of the season. Uh, but the guy that I wanted to talk about, another potential free agent, Jimmy Garoppolo, the former San Francisco 49ers. I, I, honestly, I'll give my take on this one first. Um, one seems to be he would be a little more of you know, a pricey option for Tampa Bay. I don't feel like it would be impossible, but I think you would have to definitely make some more cuts than you would be comfortable with and sacrifice some money in other places. But, you know, to the argument of people that say Jimmy G wins, uh, you know, Brock Purdy also won in that same system. (laughs) We we watched it happen. And if it wasn't for that collapse in the playoffs, who knows how that game would have gone in the long run. But with Jimmy G, man, I just, I feel like, you know, maybe Canales can bring another fold into this offense that allows Jimmy to work, but I don't know. I just think it would be a lot more of the same of what we saw this year. <laughs> like I I I I don't know, man. What do you think on Jimmy G?
0: Yeah, I, I think he's gonna be a First off, let me just ask if it's likely or not. I don't think it's as likely. I, th- I think he's going to be a bit more expensive. No, I mean Mike Garafolo, you know, has said that the Buccaneers will have interest in him, but he also noted that he might be a little too expensive, which I, I think would be the case. So, um, yeah, I I wouldn't be in favor of it just because, like you said. Um, you know, that San Francisco offense, look, I, I know it's not plug and play, but it's like you still need to be a decent quarterback. It's not like you can throw anybody in there. But when Brock Purdy, a seventh round pick, is playing that well, that's clearly a sign that like it's more about the coaching staff and the team around you than it is the quarterback. And if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's stats in the playoffs, it's not very good. So, he's been really carried by his team around him in the playoffs. Um, That Super Bowl, he was up and down. If he makes that throw to Emmanuel Sanders, uh, they might win it. He missed the throw. So, I mean, that's a clutch moment right there. Uh, NFC Championship game last year against LA, he he didn't play that well. So, uh, you know. I I don't think that would be the smartest route, and to me, be signing a guy like him would just mean that you're probably uh, kicking the can down the road a little bit. Not not too much, not too crazy, but you're going to kick the can down the road a little bit. And is it Jimmy limits, Garoppolo it, it
1: is he it is he, what is he you worth can it? Do elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and is he worth that? Like he, you know, Tom Brady, that's one thing. You know, if you can sign Lamar Jackson, that's another. But like, is Jimmy Garoppolo worth that? Probably not. So I, I don't. Well, I also I don't think it's likely. So I don't think we will have to really face it. Um, I also wouldn't. If I were the Tampa front office, I, I would not personally um, suggest that.
1: Couple of free agents from the NFC East. I want to uh, put on the slate for you, Or buddy. I, 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 I,
0: yeah, I think G Vegas is a little bit ahead of you there uh, in the chat. I think he, I think he's reading your mind there. Yeah, of one guy you're gonna name.
1: Well, certainly one guy, but uh, Corey Fleming had the other one first, and it really got me thinking. A name that absolutely nobody has brought up, but we know that. Um, I mean, we know he's a competitor. That's that's for sure. What we know and, about the guy. And
0: I think Bucks fans are familiar.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, probably played his best career game against Tampa Bay in the playoffs all the way back in 2020. Crazy that it feels like it was almost three years ago now. Um, it was Taylor heineke what do you think about that
0: yeah i i wouldn't hate
1: it um i really wouldn't uh, he's gonna be cheap um and that now not to interrupt you but how old is he he's he's got to be 30. like late 20s right
0: he's 29 or 30 yeah um so uh, he's gonna be you know, cheaper he's not gonna cost a ton and you know just he seems like a dude that everybody in the locker room loves. Uh, Taylor Heineke is 29. Um, so yeah, he's 29. Let's see what it'll be week one. Okay. He's about turn 30. Um, so, I mean, obviously this isn't a long-term option. And honestly, most of these guys are going to talk about are probably not long-term options um as Cody Haynes says my favorite ventriloquist Evan Wanish thank you very much I've been um really studying honing my craft for the past few years I'm, I'm glad to be able to put on full display here um you
1: used to you used to do it a bunch back in the day back I used we, to like, do it yeah,
0: yeah. Me, me, me and Jeff Dunham would do it uh on the road uh and then I just I got too busy and I I had to let him go so he if he you, ran with my idea basically.
1: If you go to some of the older video podcasts here on YouTube, you could probably find some of <laughs> of Evan, if not both of us, sitting there doing the uh, the ventriloquist act.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't hate Tara Heineke. I, I think like, and he always. He plays like he's got a chip on his shoulder, man. I mean, this guy was in the XFL playing for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Then he gets signed to to Washington and nobody gives him a shot. And he plays well. Like, he plays well. He was the only team in the regular season. I know he didn't do a ton, but he played well enough to beat Uh, the the Eagles with Jalen Hurts in the starting lineup in the regular season, the only team in the regular season to do that. Um, And I think that's just, it says something about him. Like I said, I I think that people rally around this guy and they genuinely like him. And I think that's important. I I mean, whether it's an underdog story or not, um, I don't know how likely it is. I have no idea, but I do think that, A guy like Heineke can certainly be serviceable. And if you want just competition for Trask, if you want to maybe give Trask a a shot to earn a starting job, but um, not give it to him. I think a guy like Heineke could be perfect. And um, if he does start in Tampa, like I said, I think you could see that same exact chip on his shoulder. So I don't know how likely it is, but I wouldn't be opposed to it.
1: I I agree on the narrative about Kyle Trask and bringing in some legitimate competition. And I think with a lot of these free agent guys, uh, that's exactly what we're going to get the chance to see. And the more that we talk about it, you know, I think the idea of riding with Kyle Trask and a veteran free agency is the most likely option for Tampa Bay. So I guess we'll kind of talk about it through that lens. Um, But this coaching staff is really going to want to see what they have in Kyle Trask if he's going to stick around and take up a roster spot next year so you're going to see some stiff competition from whoever they bring in during training camp, during OTAs, you know, preseason, when they're both getting ample playing time. I I don't know, depending on who they get, I don't know if this quarterback controversy is going to be all said and done by, uh, by the third, well, by the first preseason game, maybe by then we'll have a better idea, but you got three preseason games to go out there and prove it. And for Kyle Trask, it's obviously an uphill battle, but I do think he's going to be on the roster. The other potential free agent. Everyone knows that this is my personal favorite. I mean, come on now. You can call me biased if you want to, but I don't even have a dog in the fight. Gardner Minshew. How about some Minshew mania hooking up with Canales in Tampa Bay? Now I don't know. I mean, listen. I am a really big Minshew fan, so maybe this is just the uh, maybe just this is just the inner Mark kind of coming out here, but. I don't know if that QB1 controversy is going to be quite as interesting with Minshew as it would be with a guy like Taylor Heineke. Because I think, I think depending on what happens, Kyle Trask could compete and push for that starting job against Heineke. I don't know if he does that against Minshew. And I know, I know, you're shaking your head. I wish I could see your video right now, but... Um, yeah, dude, I, I don't know. What do you think of Gardner Minshew? He he got, you know, he got in the game late for Philly. Jalen Hurts missed a couple of games, so we got a refreshed look at him. It obviously wasn't the greatest, but uh, he was certainly out there helping that offense put up a lot of points.
0: Well, the one game, it, yeah, the the Dallas game he played well. Um the New Orleans game, he was awful. Uh, the New Orleans game, they barely put up any points. To say it was a low scoring game, that the Eagles lost. Um, and I'm like, I'm not going to judge him on those two games. Like, sure, like that's not really fair to to judge a guy on those two games. That I just, I okay, it's the same boat with Heineke. Because um, I think they are very similar. Uh, Minshew may have more upside, and I and think listen, he does a, have more I'm upside. I'm
1: a big Minshew mania mark, but I will I will tone it down and say that I think Heineke and Minshew are probably closer in skill uh, than I would like to admit here. Sorry, I didn't mean to stomp on your point.
0: No, no, it's fine. Uh, I, I think Minshew has more upside than Heineke. Like, I think if you catch lightning in a bottle with Minshew, with, like, the whole... I think he's another guy that just... The locker room likes him. Like, I just think he's another one of those guys that plays with a chip on his shoulder. And I think they are very similar. I I think with the more upside that Minshew does have more upside. But I just, yeah, I I don't know. I just think, and, and this may be the same thing with Heineke. There just may be some better options out there for not too much more money. And I think Minshew and Heineke are two of the more intriguing, least expensive options. I'm not saying a guy like Baker Mayfield is going to be overly expensive, but I, I think he's going to cost more than a Heineke or a Minshew. So, um, in terms of Minshew, he didn't fit the previous offense at all, and that's what I'd always brought brought up to you. Uh, But now it's not the previous offense, and we have no idea what type of offense Dave Canales is going to run, but you you imagine it's going to be a little bit different, and it may cater to whoever the quarterback is, so um, like they may have talked about that in the interview, I'm sure that was a topic of discussion you know, Hey, do you like Kyle Trask? Okay. If you don't like Kyle Trask, here's a list of five free agent quarterbacks we were thinking of, well, you know, what do you think of these guys? And I'm sure they've talked about a guy like Minshew. So it wouldn't shock me if he was a part of their plans. Um, I, I think they could aim a little bit higher, but also like I would get it because I do think there's some upside
1: there. Jacoby Brissett.
0: Yeah, uh, my my favorite, honestly. Um, Baker Mayfield's a close second now. I mean, I will say it, it's close, but uh, Jacoby Brissett, I, I think, is the perfect balance of you know, honestly, man, he kept Cleveland in a lot of games last year, and, and their their defense was not very good. Um, I know the, the Browns have a good offensive line, a good running game, but but he played pretty well and he played well against the Bucs as well. And I'm not just basing it off of that, but um, I just think it's not going to cost you a ton. Is his upside as high as a guy Mayfield or even Minshew? Probably not. Like I, I think he has uh the lower ceiling, but I think he has the highest floor. I, I think you know what you're getting with Jacoby Brissett.
1: Feels he's like a some, safer bet.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's got some sneaky mobility too. Um, he can he's a bigger dude. Like he's he's a big guy, but but he can he can get away. He can get away from from some patch rushers and stuff. So um I think that's important too. Tom Brady, all love Tom Brady, but yeah, that that dude—he wasn't really avoiding rushers oh, like come crazy. On. He,
1: he was a dual threat. You know that when <laughs> and, he when he had to bust out the wheels, he always could.
0: And uh, well, I mean, when he had to, if there was a wide open lane. Yeah, sure. But, yeah.
1: When there was nobody um, within thirty-five yards of him, then
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and I think that might be important. Like Minshew has a little bit of running ability. Heineke has a little bit of running ability. Jacoby Brissett, same thing. Even Baker Mayfield, same thing. So um, I think that could be important. And while, I, like I said, the gap between Baker and Brissett has been you know, closer, it's been tightened, I, I still think that Jacoby Brissett – I don't know where you're at. But I still think Jacoby Brissett um, gives them a, a pretty good shot to win – and, um, so, uh, I, I just, I, 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 like to take the chance on a guy. He's, he's not going to put up a ton of flashy plays and everything, but he's going to do his job enough. And, um, all jokes aside, uh, I, I think that, uh, Jacoby Reset has really got a tight grip on, uh, on, 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 the, the quarterback race here, maybe.
1: Are there any other free agent quarterbacks that we didn't mention? You know, Derek Carr, Teddy Two Gloves obviously come to mind. I think Teddy Two Gloves, his time has probably come. But, you know, are there any other names that I that I failed to mention that uh, that maybe have been weighing on your mind as who could be competing for that QB one spot for Tampa Bay in uh, 2023?
0: Well, I'll tell you who I don't think it will be. It, it's not going to be Sam Darnold, okay? Like, and it's, uh, Todd Bowles Todd is not going to bring Sam Darnold to the Bucks after Sam Darnold basically cost him his job. Like, no. You're seeing ghosts, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it's not going to be Sam Darnold. And, um, um,
1: just to kind of tack this on behind, it's uh, it's certainly not going to be Jameis Winston. No. I, I didn't think we'd have to have this conversation once again, but uh, a lot of people seem to think that a reunion between between the former number one overall pick for Tampa Bay. And uh, of course the Buccaneers is something that could be in the works. And I'm here to tell you that it's just, it's, it's next to impossible. Um, not even so much from the Bucks' perspective, you know, it's probably a Jameis thing. Like it, it, from, from everything that we have heard following his departure from Tampa Bay, I can't imagine any reason he would want to come back unless he was in like the twilight of his career. Um, you know, I, I, I cannot see a scenario where we see Jameis back in a Bucks uniform.
0: No, no, no. Um, another, I mean, another few things, uh, guys like Daniel Jones, I don't expect to go anywhere. And then, of course, Geno Smith, which obviously that is notable now because of Dave Cadales. Uh I just don't expect Geno to go anywhere. So I just I don't think that's very realistic. And also, even if he hits the market. Geno is gonna get a lot of money. Like, I don't think the Bucks could even. It's gonna sound crazy, you know. Like, imagine saying this like two years ago. Like, I don't think the Bucks are gonna be able to afford Geno Smith. Um, so, like, I, I, I really don't think, um, you know, I, I really, really don't expect Geno Smith, even though there is a connection there. Um, but I mean, there is, and Greg Allman brought him up, and everybody was going crazy but like a guy like drew lock if you wanted to me signing a guy like drew lock would signal like it, you it, think trask is gonna win the job <laughs> like because i would rather see kyle trask than drew lock in there but um and,
1: and let me let me ask you this i guess this is a perfect segue into you know the final quarterback i wanted to talk to you about before maybe we potentially highlight some draft guys um you know what do you think if the bucks just go ahead and roll with kyle trask i mean you're gonna have to find out what he is at some point right <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a tough one. It's it's another risk. I mean, they would be taking two big risks there and the first-time play caller, you know, and a, basically a rookie quarterback basically. Um, you know, I I don't I just don't know. And I'm fine if trash wins the job out of camp, that's fine. But like You got to give competition to him. He has no way earned that job. Like he has not earned the quarterback one job. Like he doesn't, he doesn't deserve it right now. If he goes into camp and beats the guy out with a better camp and a better preseason. Sure. But like right now, what he's shown you is not enough to confidently say, yeah, he's the quarterback one right now. He's the quarterback one right now because he's the only one on the roster. But they're going to add multiple quarterbacks this offseason. So um I don't think he has necessarily earned that. So if he goes out and, and he beats out his man, you know, they sign a, a Taylor Heineke, a Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke, and he beats him out, sure. You know, like sure. If you've earned it, go ahead. But I just I think he has to earn at first. And and right now he's just he's a complete unknown man. Like he is just a complete unknown. And I just don't know if Todd Bowles can afford to hitch his wagon to a guy like that.
1: Yeah. And and I think the only way we see a scenario where Trask is your week one starter is obviously if he has played well enough to earn it and the Bucks brought in some legitimate competition for him. And he obviously got the upper hand, which would give me higher hopes than I do right this very minute. Uh, yeah. Honestly, in that context, if he plays well enough to beat out, I mean, honestly, if he plays well enough to beat out a Drew Locke, I, I know Drew Locke isn't game-changing for anyone, but that is legitimate competition in the NFL as a backup quarterback. He has starter experience. You know what I mean? He's won some games, so it is what it is. Um, and, and, and
0: G. Vegas brings up that Locke could be the somebody to help transition to the system dependent on how Canales use Locke, and for sure. Um, and just to get this out of, out of the way, I don't expect Blaine Gabbert to be back. Um, I, I think they're going to move on. I mean, he's had four years with the team, surprisingly. So, um, I, I, I don't think he'll be back. I don't know He's about too busy Ryan saving Griffin. lives, man. I know. I know. He, hey, props to him. But, he's actually
1: um, he's actually going to be on the third reboot of Baywatch, I heard. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, I
0: mean, he's, yeah, he's got the airflow to it. So, um, but, um, yeah, I, I just I don't I don't know about Ryan Griffin, so I don't know if he's going to be back. So I, I do think maybe a guy like Locke could be the, the Blaine Gabbert. Um, and depending on how how expensive he is, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But there are there's no top flight options and, uh, you know, but there's. We listed a lot of guys there. Like, we, we listed a lot of guys and they're each a little bit different. So, um, in different scenarios and stuff. So, I, I think one way or another, though, I, I do want to say I, I do expect a veteran to be under center for this team week one. I, I don't think it's going to be Kyle Trask. I, I think it's going to be probably one of those guys that we listed. So, um, yeah. And then Buck School Gang says, How about Justin Fields trade? I, I don't think the Bears are train just the fields. Um, I think they're just going to be smart about it and they're going to move back from number one, get a bunch of picks and draft somebody on their defense. I don't think they're moving on from fields. If they are sure, I'll be at the top of that line. You know, Uh, I'll be right in the front, but um, yeah, I I don't, I don't expect that. So,
1: all right, two more names I want to ask you about, and I guess we can kind of cross out one of them. So I'm going to skip the Aaron Rodgers part of this conversation before we talk about some potential draft guys for Tampa Bay. Uh, this one is probably the least likely of the free agent quarterbacks that we have listed, obviously, because of his asking price. I think it's just going to be way too much for Tampa Bay. But is there any scenario at all where the Bucks come away from this offseason with Derek Carr as their starting quarterback?
0: There is. Um, I, I, I think, I think there is as a likely no, but there is a scenario. Look, I mean, I think, you know, John Leder, I think on Twitter kind of said it best. The Bucks can absolutely afford car. They can afford any free agent they want. You know, if, if they were in deep discussion with Lamar Jackson, they can afford Lamar Jackson. It just all depends on how far they were willing to kick that can down the road. And is Derek car worth it? That's the thing. I don't know if three or four years of Derek Carr is worth the cap ramifications that it's going to matter. You know, like that's going to matter in two, three years. Is having Derek Carr on your team worth losing an Antoine Winfield? I don't know. Like, I, you know, is he that good? Like Lamar Jackson, I think that's one thing, you know, but like, is Derek Carr that good? He's a good quarterback. Is he a great one? Probably not. So I think that's what you have to balance. I don't think it's impossible. I just don't think it's likely. So, um, yeah, I really wouldn't expect Derek Carr to be there. Aaron Rodgers not going to happen.
1: There's less of a chance of Aaron Rodgers than there is uh, Derek Carr, and that's simply because of an AFC, NFC thing. I mean, (laughs) I think he's got more chance of getting shipped off to the Jets, just like they did to Brett Favre, than going to Tampa Bay. And the reason they shipped him off to the Jets – is because they didn't want to send him to Tampa Bay. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't see a scenario where Green Bay is going to willingly give Aaron Rodgers uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and my gut feeling still says if he goes anywhere, it's going to be Vegas. But I think he comes back with the Raiders, maybe restructures. And uh, tries to, you know, or I'm sorry, comes back with the Packers, maybe restructures and tries to do something up there. I'm getting ahead of myself here. All right. Couple of names that we missed. Our buddy Mikey reminding us. I just want to rapid fire these quarterbacks before we talk about the draft. Jordan Love from Green Bay. It has been said, especially the more towards the end of the 2022 season, uh, we heard more and more from his agent and everyone else that he wants to play. He is ready to play. And um, I mean, this is a guy who didn't have the greatest reputation when he was drafted over his rookie season. We saw him a little bit and he didn't look too bad. But uh, what do you make of Jordan Love?
0: Yeah, and, and obviously in this scenario, Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. Um, because I think if Aaron Rodgers moves on, I think that just means that Jordan Love's the quarterback. Um, you know, I, I think that's what that would mean. So I am very intrigued. Um because I actually I liked Jordan Love pre-draft. I thought he had a lot of tools. Um you know, I just I, I really I really thought he had a, a lot of the tools that you wanted in a quarterback. I thought he was a very raw prospect. He was going to take a little bit of time and he has taken a little bit of time and um you say you know when he got drafted a lot of people had a lot of things to say and and I I, I always felt bad for him because he didn't, he didn't ask to be put in the situation that he was put in. Yeah. You know, he did not ask for that. The Packers made that decision and they put that on him. And so I, I think, yeah, if, if Rogers, um, which I, I still think he's staying in green Bay, but, um, if Rogers stays in green Bay, like I think he will, um, I, I could see Jordan Love being an option and, and I wouldn't hate it either. I don't know what the asking price would be. Unfortunately, the sweet spot for an asking price would probably be what the Bucks don't have. And that's a fourth round pick. Like, I don't know if I'd want to give up a third, maybe a third next year. I don't know about this year, but uh, the, the Bucks don't have their fourth this year. So I would maybe try and offer like, my fifth this year and like a third next year or something. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I would be intrigued and I, I would certainly be intrigued. And I think that's a guy who, if he hits, that can be your franchise quarterback for the next seven, eight, nine years. So um, I am I am very intrigued by the, the possibility of Jordan Love.
1: Another backup quarterback from the NFC East. He was able to win quite a few games with the Cowboys and looked serviceable doing so. That is Cooper Rush. Could he be a potential option for Tampa Bay?
0: You know he's he's interesting because um, he's actually he's not young like he I believe he's twenty nine um, yeah he's he's not young and he, he's you know obviously playing behind Dak Prescott he's a, a I think a, a safe option but I also think he's someone maybe Kyle Trask could even beat out in camp like um, you know I, I I think I wouldn't hate him. I just think there's better options out there. I would rather go get a Heineke or a Minshew or um, Brissett Baker, you know, like those types of guys over a guy like Cooper Rush. He has won a lot of games. I mean, Dak, you know, went out against the Bucks week one there. And then everybody's like, oh, Dallas is done. And then Cooper Rush came in, and he went what three and one as a starter, or four and one as a starter. So, um, really kept them alive. And then Dak came back. So, uh, and his only loss was against Philly in Philly. And I mean, Philly was just ridiculous this year. So, um, I, I do think he could be an option, an under the radar option that I don't think a ton of people are discussing. Um, but I just i I would personally aim a bit higher.
1: All right, this guy is is not a free agent. If I'm not mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, he was mentioned in chat. He said his 49ers, uh, 49ers quarterback. Trey Lance. Good God. Words are hard. Uh, Bucks would have to figure out a trade for him, right?
0: Yes. Yes, he is. He's not a free agent. Um, and with Brock Purdy's injury, I think this shoots down any possibility of that. Uh, Brock Purdy's going to miss about six months. Um, it's actually the same injury that uh, Bryce Harper had uh for the Phillies uh Your with the, the yeah I know with, with the with the with like the UCL um Harper was able to come back after about 2 months but he couldn't play the field because he couldn't throw Um, so obviously Brock Purdy, um, is gonna, you know, not be able to throw for a little while. So I don't think the 49ers are gonna be trading Trey Lance. Uh, if they are, I am intrigued. I was very, very high on Trey Lance pre draft. I thought the 49ers made an excellent decision. Um, and i wouldn't hate it i just think that the, at this point with purdy's injury and all the uncertainty there I, I would expect the 49ers to probably hold on to lance for now
1: all right let's wrap things up with some potential draft options for tampa bay while we can both probably agree that a veteran on a cheap deal is going to be the most likely option uh, you can obviously never rule out the Bucks looking at something in the draft, you know, if March comes and goes and free agency, uh, the Bucks haven't really brought in what seems to be a serious quarterback with the 19th pick in the draft or anything else. If they decide to move around, uh, they could take one of these guys. Now I don't want to highlight every single college quarterback because the fact of the matter is, um, you know, the Bucs aren't going to have a fair shot at a lot of these guys, but a few of them that were on my mind, I wanted to mention. And then of course, any on your list we could possibly talk about as well. First and foremost, this is probably the one that I like of the list. Uh, University of Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. What do you think of that in the red and pewter?
0: I'll tell you. Um, he is going to be the boomer bust player. Yeah. Uh, is like immediately, I think. Like Anthony Richardson, and we'll get into him. Uh, I think he's like the real boomer bust player, but that's gonna take time. I think will Levis pretty much right away, he's either gonna be great right away, like one of these rookie quarterbacks that just comes right out of the gate and, and shines, or it's gonna be pretty ugly. And I just I don't know if there's in between there. I, I like the tools, and a lot of NFL teams are gonna like the tools, uh, the leadership ability, everything like that. But at the same time, a lot of the tape doesn't back it up. So he's just been a very inconsistent. And personally, uh, I still think, you know, he'd be worth drafting in the first round, but he's just, he's my quarterback four. Um, so I, if he's there at 19, that's one thing I I would not be trading up for, for that type of guy. Um, if he's there at 19, I would strongly consider it. I think that's worth the risk. Um, but I just, I don't know if giving up future assets, uh, would be worth it to acquire a guy like that.
1: Hendon hooker from Tennessee.
0: Yeah, this one, this one's actually, this one kind of sucks because like, if he was healthy i'd be all bored um there's two things that are really going against him right now one the torn ACL that's that's going against them pretty hard the other 25 years old like the 25 year old rookie is a tough pill for me to swallow like it just and that's in any position but most importantly quarterback i just I don't love, like, I mean, Brandon, we can go draft him when he's 28. Like, and obviously, I know that's different, but like, a 25 year old rookie, like, man, I understand. And maybe this dude, okay, you, or he might not have a lot of developing to do. Maybe he's already pretty much developed. Okay. But like, what's his prime going to be? Like, three or four years? Like, I just, you know, assuming he's not going to start this year because of the injury. And the learning curve in the NFL. Okay, so now he's starting next year when he's 26. Let's say he needs a year or two of development. By the time he's 27 or 28 is when you finally get him. And then he's going to be good for what, four or five years and then done? Like, I just, I don't know. Now, I mean, if he's available in the second round, maybe. I think if it weren't for the injury, he'd be a first rounder. But if he's available in the second round, maybe. I personally, I think he's going to go in the second round, but I think it's going to be before Tampa's pick. Um, so I, I, I do think um, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by him, but there's, there's significant drawbacks there.
1: Now, you had mentioned Hooker is maybe one of the uh, quarterback prospects who could fall in the draft later than people expect. Here's another guy that I think could fall farther than uh, a lot of people expect. And listen, this is coming from a Gators fan of all people. But that is Anthony Richardson, number 15 quarterback from the University of Florida. Coming off of uh, a pretty interesting final season with the Gators before declaring for the draft. I mean, week one of college football after that win, everybody was ready to, uh, to call him a Heisman candidate. By the end of the year, everybody had seemingly forgotten about him with uh, Billy Napier's first year as the head coach of the Gators. I, I you know, this one seems kind of open and shut, but there's obviously a lot of Florida homers. There's a lot of Florida State homers who are going to have a lot of bad things to say about him and Kyle Trask. But I just really cannot see a scenario where the Bucks pick up another young Gators quarterback, especially a guy that is even more of a raw player than what Kyle Trask seems to bring to the table. Uh, But what are your thoughts on, on potentially Anthony Richardson in Tampa Bay? He does obviously bring, you know, a little more variety to the position, but you know, Canales is going to have his hands full regardless. What do you think of, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson potentially ending up in Tampa Bay?
0: Yeah. um, And like I said, he is the guy that I I think he is either going to be like the next level version of Cam Newton or he's going to be bad. Like he's going to flame out. It's not going to be pretty. Um, I just, yeah. Again, you're going to have to probably trade up for him. He's my quarterback three. I like, I love the tools. It's just, again, sometimes that tape wows you. And other times you're like, what is this guy doing? Um, he's a younger dude. Hasn't had as much experience. I mean, the, the athletic ability is just, it's off the charts. Um, really, I mean, for today's NFL, he is everything you want. I mean, everything. Strong arm, um, fast, you know, athletic. He's got good touch. It just he sometimes the decision making and sometimes that accuracy and touch isn't always there. And when it's not there, it's not like small misses, it's it's ugly misses. So um he is gonna be a project. I, I think this is a guy who is gonna take a year, maybe two, to really develop into what he's going to be you're probably gonna have to trade up for him and again I just don't know if that's worth it at 19 I would be intrigued but I just don't know if trading up for a guy like that is worth it if I'm trading up I want to make sure that I'm moving up for you know my guy I'm moving up for a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud which you know the Buccaneers don't have enough ammo to move up (laughs) that higher so
1: and I think the context is also important here. You know, uh, someone who has a lot of say, so in the final say, so of a decision, like moving up in the draft would be Jason light. If you are a Jason light and the bucks organization, the fans, they all watch you trade up for a guy in the first round of the 23 draft following the Tom Brady era. I mean, that's the last, it, it could potentially be the last quarterback of Jason lights, buck tenor. Am I right? I, I mean, that's, not only is it a big risk with a fresh team and a fresh coaching staff the way that it is now, but like Jason Light could be even you know could be under even more fire at the end of the year depending on how not only that guy plays but the season goes for Todd Bowles and the rest of this coaching staff. I mean that's 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 basically you know Jason Light just putting it all out on the table, right?
0: Yeah, here's here's a an interesting thing for me. Um, Todd Bowles is one thing. If you draft a quarterback, though, I think that might buy Jason Light more time, especially if it's a guy like Anthony Richardson. Because if Anthony Richardson, if you draft Anthony Richardson and he doesn't start, let's say it's either Kyle Trask or let's say it's a Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, Jason Light can just go to the Glazers if the Bucks only win five games and say, look, like we have this guy, like we have so, our first round quarterback. We have our franchise guy. need to give him time to develop that made by Jason another, another year or two.
1: This is oddly specific, but I, you know, in the scenario that he does trade up, I mean, what happens if you, well, never mind, Cause I guess the Packers already answered that question. I was going to say, what happens if you trade up for a guy and he doesn't start? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, I don't think it, it's the end of the world, but like, Um, you know, and I, and I like what the Packers, I like the, the idea that the Packers had. I, I do. I like that idea. I just think it was horrible timing. I mean, Rogers had given no indication that he was done playing. He was still playing at an extremely high level. Um, and I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. It's not like it's the chiefs with Alex Smith and then they draft Patrick Mahomes. Um, Aaron Rodgers was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and he was. It's not like he said, "Oh yeah, this is my last year; i only going to play two more years." He'd given no indication of that. I like the idea that the Packers had; they just did it wrong. So, I, I think the the Bucks drafting a guy like Anthony Richardson um, or even Will Levis, even though I would probably start Will Levis right away. Um, but you know, since we're talking about not starting, I'll just go with Richardson here. Um, you know, and then having a Jacoby Brissett or a Kyle Trask be the guy. I, I think is intriguing and I mean, man, like, you know, and if you aren't good again, like, you know, let's say you start Kyle Trask and let's say that doesn't go too well. And you compare, um, you know, you, Anthony Richardson sits there and he's ready f- next year. And um, let's say you do fire top bowls. You know, the Buccaneers had some difficulty finding offensive coordinator this year. I think you, what you're going to see if they would have Anthony Richardson um, is a lot of head coaching opportunities come to Tampa Bay because people are going to be intrigued. And if you have a top 10 pick and you also have this electric quarterback, that, that's intriguing for a lot of people. So, um, But to cap this off, I don't think it's likely at all that they're going to be moving up because they're at 19. To get Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, they probably have to move to get – their choice of the two, they have to move to probably six, which is Detroit. That's 13 picks. That is a lot of picks. You're talking about giving up your first rounder next year. So you wouldn't have a 2024 first rounder. So um, and then probably either your second or third this year, and maybe a pick next year. I just I don't, and it's for a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson. I just I don't think that's worth it. I would much rather keep my picks. Okay go into the draft, make my selections. And then next year, if you're in a position, if you're sitting at 15th overall and you want to get to three to draft the quarterback, okay, maybe make that move then. But I think this is just not the year to do it quite yet.
1: All right, so to wrap this thing up for the people asking, when it is all said and done, what do you think happens week one for Tampa Bay? What do you think the, uh, the battle plan is At the quarterback position. I'll tell you mine. I I mean, I just, I think the most likely route is they sign a veteran. That's it. You know, you're, you're going to see a guy come in probably a cheaper free agent. That's available. Not a lot of strings attached there. And you're going to see him compete with Kyle Trask, whoever gets QB one. Maybe we see them both start at some point in the regular season. Um, But I think they're going to bring in some legitimate competition for Kyle Trask. And speaking of legitimate competition, shout out to our guy, Matt Diaz with the five dollar super chat says, "Let's go!" Much appreciated, Matt. Thank you, buddy, so so much. Uh, but what do you think, Evan? When it's all said and done, what are the Bucks going to have starting at quarterback next year?
0: Yeah, I, I do think it's a veteran. Um, and if we're going to get specific, uh, since I'll normally I don't get too specific, um, and I don't have any sources on this or anything, but um, I think it's going to be Jacoby Brissett or Baker Mayfield. So I I think it's going to be one of those two guys. Um, Like I said, I'm a lot more intrigued by Baker now that Canales is the hire. Um, We'll see. Uh, I I do expect it to be a veteran. And like you said, Wouldn't shock me if Kyle Trask gets playing time at some point in the season. I just think when we're talking about week one, who's taking the first snap for the Buccaneers of the 2023 season, I think it's a veteran. So um, I, I think Todd Bowles knows that like, he needs to at least be respectable and win games. He doesn't have to win 10 games. Probably. I think the Glazers see, you know, what's, you know, sort of a transition year, but like, Four or five wins probably isn't going to cut it. So, like, you know, I think he needs to win a, a decent amount of games to, to keep his job. So um, I think they're going to go out and do that. One name, and this isn't a, a quarterback, uh, one name I just wanted to throw out there as a free agent because I want to get out there in front of everybody else. I tweeted out last night. Um, one name that really makes sense to me as a free agent for the Bucks now that Canales is the hire is uh, running back Rashad Penny. And I was a massive... I said, I
1: said the same thing this week as soon as I found out about Canalis, man.
0: Ma- a massive fan of Penny pre-draft. I mean, I was huge on him. You were sing, I was like, yeah, we
1: were singing his praises on this very podcast, uh, the year of that yeah, draft.
0: Yeah, so um, I think it can make a lot of sense. I don't expect... And we'll talk about what moves and because they're they're fifty five million over the cap folks like and they have to be cap compliant. So cuts oh. are coming, restructures yeah. are coming. Um and will Leonard Fournette be on the team? I doubt it. Um so uh you know if Leonard Fournette is not back, I think drafting a guy uh signing a guy, sorry, like Rashad Penny to pair him with Rashad White, you know, to have 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 the two Rashads, right? And then drafting a running back in the fifth or sixth round, I think would really balance out uh, your your free agent uh, draft, your free agent class, and and your running
1: back room. So, so you're t- so you're telling me right now, Evan Wanish, that you would trust a fifth or sixth round running back more than you would trust your guy Keyshawn Vaughn? That's your boy Snake. <laughs> That's your boy. Yeah. I mean, come on! How could you dude, do him like
0: that? You were the biggest
1: not- Keyshawn Vaughn fan on the show.
0: He on the show, there's only two of us, so um, <laughs> uh, he might not even make the team. I don't know, I don't know. Um, and then Mikey says, What date should we expect these cuts? Um, I would say end of February, early March. Yeah, I, I think it's coming sooner rather than later, but I don't think it's like imminent. So, um, and yes, you're right, David. Uh, Penny was highly liked by the Buccaneers. When um, when when they drafted them, and rarely even that that's a good one. Um, so yes, the Buccaneers did like Penny. Um, now I'm not sure if that was the whole front office, if that was the coaching staff at the time. Obviously, um, different coaching staff now. So, but I do think he makes a lot of sense.
1: We'll obviously talk to you guys a lot more about what the Bucks have to do to get back to being cap compliant on the next podcast. Uh, one little bit of coaching news I wanted to leave you with. I forgot to mention it at the start of the show, but just another minor update. Seahawks GM John Schneider said on Seattle Sports that uh, Brad Idzik, previously Seattle's assistant wide receiver coach, will join Dave Canales in Tampa Bay as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' new wide receiver's coach. So welcome to Tampa Bay, Brad Idzik. Is uh we get excited about what Canales and this new offensive scheme can bring to the table there's going to be some changes and uh hopefully we see some changes for the better but ladies and gentlemen with all of that being said that's going to do it for this week's episode of the canon fire podcast thank you guys for hanging out with us everyone in the live chat over here on youtube rarely even malcolm hawthorne g vegas Corey fleming buck skull gang david mikey our buddy Matt Diaz with the $5 Super Chat and anyone else we may have missed. We truly do appreciate you guys supporting the show as always. Go find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at bucks_daily underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. And check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You got anything in the hopper here over the next few weeks?
0: Yeah, just a little sneak peek. I Sneak. See, it always comes up. It always comes up. Taking um, him off of
1: your mind. That's your guy. I know. Man. I know you tore up about him potentially not making the team.
0: I know. I know. We well, rarely even also said playoff penny. So that would be said in playoff Lenny, playoff penny. Um G Vegas, way to meet my Friday morning. Well, we appreciate you spending your Friday morning with us. So, um also just yeah. a
1: just a cool bit from uh, really even here. Brad Idzik's dad, John, spent 12 years as a Bucks yes. executive. So a a yes. bit of a reunion there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um you know, just in, in, in the hopper, I got uh a little little preview, I haven't really teased it much, but I'm just going to be highlighting why I think the Buccaneers should avoid Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so, I don't think it's likely, but I'm just going to highlight why, some of the reasons I, I think it'd be smart to sort of avoid that going that route.
1: And it has certainly been reported that the Bucks could have interest with the quote being, uh, they want to retool while staying competitive. So, we'll keep you guys updated with everything Buccaneers as we know more from the quarterback position to uh some of the cuts that are going to be along the way keep it locked right here for more tampa bay buccaneer news but that's going to do it for this week's episode i am your host Rhett matthew signing off my co-host evan Wanish. we'll talk to you guys sometime next week um we'll keep you updated on everything red and pewter between now and then we'll talk to you in the next one thank you again for watching sorry i always kind of break down here at the end of the show uh words are hard Thank you guys for watching. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, and as always, go Bucks! For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade
0: supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call,
1: click Granger.com, or just stop by.